All right. You you excited to make your debut? Nope. No. There's plenty to talk about. No, it's it's good. It's good. Finally. Yeah, finally. I've made my I've made my uh, appearance on this uh, on this program. You know, Carmelo's getting traded in the next like twenty five minutes, right? I'm really excited for it to happen on on air. You got it, man. Like you see it, you go for it. I've been like I'm just prepared to just start yelling. You got full permission. Just start getting getting hooliganish on us. Is there like a syndrome if um, your phone vibrates and you freak out? Like Woj has gotten me. This is the second time. Draft day was extremely stressful from the Chris Epps trade rumors. Every time my phone buzzed, I thought he was gone. And now it's the same thing with Mello. Like I'm just I feel like I'm in a bomb shelter. I don't I don't really know. In a, a, woge, a, woge, a woge bomb shelter. All right. Um, I guess we can start this off now. Yeah. All right. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the TKW Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Anthony Corbo. Today, I'm joined by my uh, currently shirtless co-host, Kyle Maggio. What's going Um, on? We'll circle back to you in just a second, but I'm also joined today by uh, the venerable Trey Zingas. I have a shirt on. He has a shirt on. And wearing half a shirt today, uh, we are joined by the editor-in-chief and making his debut on the Next Wall podcast today, Ryan Punzelon. What's up? I'm wearing a tank top. He's wearing a tank top. All right. Two things we're going to circle back on here. Uh, Before we get going, before we start anything up, Mr. Kyle Maggio, work the mute button when you're eating your potato chips or whatever you got there. And secondly, congrats on getting wifed up, buddy. Thank you, sir. He's gone. He is gone forever. Market, gold ring. Big Italian gold ring. I mean, it would have been weird if I wore silver, right? So here we are. I guess so. Well, congratulations, buddy. How's it feel? Um, I have furniture in my bedroom now. Hell yeah. Is the best way I could describe it. Yeah, before this, I had, uh, let me paint you a picture, right? I'm living in and out of boxes, just moved in. A lot of things going on, as you guys know. Uh, my bedroom was bed frame, and that was it. It was my bed, bed frame, and then there was an alarm clock on the floor. That was it. And I was just living out of boxes. Uh, and one day of her being in, I have a night table. Damn. That's how this is going. Never had a night table before. Well, not at this house, but I digress. Well, congrats, man. No more bachelor pad for you. No, it's Um, over. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies. He's off the market. Uh, Trey Zinga still very available. Uh, (laughs) So place your bids. So I'm going to crack my beer, and I think we should get going. What what do we want to start with today? We got got two signings we could play with here, both ridiculous. We got uh, the new signing or the old signing. We got Ron Baker making was that eight point four, taking the whole the whole mid level with him. Yep. Or we got Tim Hardaway's uh, seventy one million. We can go a little bit more in depth into. We want. Let's start off. I think we got to start off slow. You can't just like come in hot with the Tim Hardaway Junior right. stuff because that's like the that's like the meat. We got to like 
appetizer it a little bit, you know, with this uh, Rod Baker bullshit. You so you, to, you mean to keep it classy? Yeah, yeah. 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 We're, ge- we're gentlemen here. We're gentlemen here. All right. What do we think? What's the word? Starting NBA point guard Ron Baker. Starting NBA point guard. Dear, what about uh, what about Jason Randall? We spent half a year on this podcast talking about how great Jason Randall is going to be. Why can't he start? I mean, you guys are talking right. about Chas. He, he doesn't Randall, play. Right? He, yeah, he doesn't because <laughs> he doesn't play the right way. He's not edgy, you know. He's not a real. Yep. He doesn't have all the intangibles. That's why Jason Randall can't play. Uh, wasn't he actually bad in summer league though? Like. The guy Dwight Bucks. I don't. There was a Y in his last name. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Bukes. Um, By Bayex. I'm going with yeah. Bukes. But Bukes. You gotta really you, like enunciate the the Y U sound though. It's Bukes. You'd be surprised how many names in your head sound perfectly reasonable, and then when you go to say them out loud for the first time on a podcast, it's not even close. Punzel on probably hit me there. No, that was that was that was uh right. that was pretty good. I did, but I had a moment of panic beforehand. Like it's like it was going to be harder than it sounds. But anyway, uh, back to Ronnie Boy. With a player option with with Ronnie yeah. Boy, it's a regular two year contract. It's a uh, hey, we're going to give you two years, and we're going to give you the option to either screw our team up for another year or or leave. Well, they that's because they both player, player options. options. Yeah, but player options are for big ballers, and Ron Baker is a big <laughs> baller, certified, undefeated. He got yeah, undefeated. He got his big deal. Never now. lost. Next up, next up is the big baller brand shoe line. He's going to be the one B to Lonzo's one A. It's going to be a good time. I can't if, wait. If I'm Ron buckled Baker, in. I'm ready for the ride. If Ron Baker is the second guy to sign to big baller brand, I'm gonna. What would you do? I would lose my shit. I'd say he's worth every Four. penny of that 8.4 million dollar contract <laughs> he just signed. He's absolutely a starting NBA point guard, and he's gonna be for many years to come. But only if he signs a big baller brand, he's probably gonna end up getting a contract with like Leaning or something like that. But or peak him and Matthew Delvadova are gonna yeah. share shoe brands. <laughs> What's uh, Clay's shoe brand? Anta, A N T A. Anta, Anta, Anta. Maybe he goes. They're he giving, goes with Anta. Can we just take one minute and shout out China Clay? Shout out China Clay. Yeah, shout out, shout out China Clay. China Clay's just been crushing it since he's been there. <laughs> it's like a, a week and a half strong. A summer legend. But on the the player option thing is really it's interesting to me because Tim Hardaway got a player option too in his contract. It's kind of like, especially with like Tim Hardaway, it, you know, it's, you want to have, I'd rather see that be a team option. I feel like, why can't you, if you are paying this guy so much money already up front, you're guaranteeing him so much money right away. I don't understand why that last year, I mean, I, it's not like Atlanta was going to match it anyway. Why not give him a team option for that last year instead? Here's, here's a theory that I've been trying to toy with for the past couple of hours you know how the past few months and years they've been saying oh free agents don't want to come to new york because you know the toxic environment just because that happened do you think they're throwing these player options to entice free agents to come to new york yeah kind of be like hey we're like a player's organization hey uh we're gonna try and give you your best situation and you kind of control your destiny here yeah, I saw this on Twitter before, and I didn't get a chance to bring it up. But 
it was basically along the same lines of that. It's like, does Steve Mills know his organization is just doomed from the start? So he's just like trying to give the most player friendly deals as possible and just be like, look, this is great. You guys can all come here. Just just come back. Please come back. Like we have great contracts. So, it's a great environment. You guys can choose whatever you want. So is this his way of saying, say, in 2018 or 2019, like, look at what we gave the guys in 2017. Like you're you're better than that. Imagine what you could get here. Like we'll give you a player it, option too. We'll give you whatever you know. We'll give you I whatever it, you want, basically, just to kind of get guys more enticed to coming here. I think it depends on like one, who, which tier of free agents you're going after, and two, um, like uh, Ron Baker sucks. But if Tim Hardaway Jr. pans out or not, you know, for like if if you're just tossing out like big deals to like the Ron Bakers of the NBA, these fringe guys who are going to be out of the league in four years, then like maybe you're not going to get the free agents you want. But like if you take a shot on 24 year old Tim Hardaway Jr., you overpay a little bit, you give him his player option and then he pans out. Now you look kind of smart while also being friendly with your contract. So then maybe you can start to kind of get back on the good graces of some of the, the better free agents. But um, it's a good theory is my point is I just think it's, it's obviously risky. You can, you could be the Knicks and suck with free agents and it still backfires. But so I, th- there, there, there's an outside possibility. This is what Ryan says it is, you know. So let's are, are we good on Ron Baker? We've seen enough out of Ron Baker for the year. I think you know we we got what we got to get out of Ron Baker, right? Can we? He can he, we, he served his purpose last year, and then it, like we all bust out laughing today when it was like, oh yeah, he could be the starting point guard. I lost my shit because it's like, well, well, no, he he can't actually. Be, he can be a point guard that starts, but he shouldn't be a starting point guard. This is gonna go. Terribly. I mean, obviously, we'd want to tank again this year, but Christ, man, I wanted to be like this much more enjoyable. You know, I'm not so concerned because there, there's no way in any Nixie in hell that Ron Baker starts 82 games next year. You know, Neil is going to have a shot. You know, maybe there is a guy who actually ends up coming here with the last like what two million they have left in cap space or whatever it is, who can take some uh, take some of the the reins. You know, even Randall might get some starts or something like that. They might look to, you know, work things a little differently. But, you know, we're saying it now. Baker's not going to be the starting point guard all year long. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's kind of... It's, you know, it's it's just what it's going to be. We got we got him. We got him signed for the price. I, I don't think we should be calling him a starting point guard or anything yet. We're going to have to let the situation work itself out. Friggin' Chicago's got a open competition for the point guard spot. I think New York should at least uh, allow themselves to do the same. Over under forty one games started for Ron Baker this season. Under, way, going, way under, going under, way under, way under. Like, 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 like at ten, they're gonna be like, "Wow, this was." I mean, maybe this is not bad. Way under. It's worse than we thought. He's got at least thirty. Hold on, thirty five. Keep in mind, Hornacek loves the two point guards. It's true. It's true, but he's got so, so many shooting guards to play with right now. My counterpoint is it's Ron Baker. My counterpoint is it's the Knicks. Well, like, how think about the lineups that you could put out there. You know, if you if you run the two point guard set mostly, then what are you going to do with Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr.? You know, forget about Melo if he's off the team and whatever. You know, he could still bring back some guys who are going to have to get some playing time too. You know, what are you going to do with your front court rotation when you're you know so small and then you have a drastic step up to you know. I imagine if you want to play a shoot, you know, one of our traditional twos at the three spot, you're going to want to move Kristaps to the five. And then what are you going to do? You know, what do you do with the four position there? 
Yeah, I don't know. But you still also have Damian Dotson, who will probably command the last bit of the um, salary cap for the Knicks unless he gets one of those two-way deals. And he also, like, he makes Courtney Lee so expendable. Like, Courtney Lee's on a cost-controlled contract. He's good. He's he's a good basketball player. He's 31. He's like $11 million a season. He should logically be the guy that's out. And apparently, um, Jay Sports... It seems to be close with Courtney Lee, and he's being told that Courtney Lee is going to stay here to play with Tim Hardaway Jr. And like, I just don't understand why that is the course of action here for the Knicks well, to keep all of those shooting guards. To all right. So as far as the, the shooting guard situation, I I, I kind of like Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway sharing the floor together, um, in the sense that you know Courtney Lee may have been asked to, he was reliable last year and he was efficient, but he may have been asked to do a little bit too much on the offensive end, where his defense took it took its toll. Um, I kind of like the idea of them both playing together and letting Hardaway command nearly all the offense, and letting uh you know letting Courtney Lee hang back and be able to be able to put put his efforts into defense, you know mostly. As the Knicks have said, Hardaway's got to improve a lot on defense and then also improve a lot on offense. So this plan might be, uh, you know, prone to shit already, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I want to stick on THJ for a second here. I, is this, is this a, just a pure bad contract to you guys or is this bad timing? Or is, is this more about the, the plan or is this just about the money? I, I don't see it's it's conflicting because he can be a good player. He he's shown, you know, hints of being a very, very good NBA player. But when you pair his, you know, resume to his contract that, you know, that they slapped on him, it just doesn't make sense yet. I know people are talking about like, you know, the, the potential, there's the potential, you know, they spent money on a young player this time rather than, you know, aging one uh, used to be's. But I don't know. It's just hard to stomach that four years, 71 plus, you know, he had one good year so far. So I don't know. I think it's a combination of both timing and a bad contract. I mean, he does have those four years to kind of make it up to, you know, what he's making, but it's, it's a little bit of everything. Do you think he has it in him? Yeah. You think he, yeah, but thinking he live up to it to an extent, like th- this is what we've been, we've talked about this a lot now, like privately, but kind of what I was saying in text when the, the first night that it happened was I was trying not to overreact and be like, Oh, it's because I remember like when he got traded, I really wanted him to get traded. I was like, he, just doesn't do anything besides not even shoot well and we got another first for him at the time i was like that's a good trade jerry and grant didn't pan out and neither did Derek rose and here we are whatever but you know the fact of the matter was i wanted him gone he has progressed and the way restricted free agency works is if you really like a guy you have to overpay to get that guy away from the other team because they're gonna match that's why you see these ridiculous offer sheets like didn't um, Hibbert sign like a gross offer sheet with like the Blazers seven years ago? It was like the Blazers or the Rock. It was it was like a huge offer sheet, and then the Pacers matched, and then Hibbert came back. Like it's it's hard to pry them away. So like if you really like a guy, then you gotta put a little bit more down. Now twenty million is a lot of extra to put down, but when you divide it over the four years, like I started to try to like really think about it, and I don't think it's like 
that girl, if you really believe in him, which is why they made the deal, they must really believe in him now to bring him back for a second time and give him that much money. So what do you think if they you, believe in, though? What part, I what think, part of his I think game the, is that or they believe in here? I think they kind of just see how he progressed in an actual, like, um, regular basketball system, I'll call it, like, where you play defense, you, you kind of work your ass off to get on the court. You know, he he just really improved under Budenholzer. He did. And I think a JB, it was a JB that had some good stats on him before, you know, about some of the progression that he had. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't love it. But the fact of the matter was the Hawks and Budenholzer, who are smart basketball people, were going to give him 50 million ish. So if we overpaid by a little bit to get a guy that they believed in, I'm not like outraged and he's young. We're not going to be good anyway. That's the other thing, too. It's not like we're in even playoff contention. So I don't think it's like a terrible risk. Like everyone's making it out to be either. Like, I don't love it, but I'm sort of indifferent. Like it could really pan out, but we'll see. Did you see any yeah. other option for that money to go to? Was there anyone else who could have gotten that money? Cause I, I mean, I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. I don't really. Just KCP, really right? Target. There was KCP or give the money back to Rose, basically. But, was. but some people don't even like KCP, which I thought everybody, I thought he was all the rage coming into this free agency. He's like kind of the opposite of Tim Hardaway Jr., right? Like he's got this high um, reputation for his defense, whereas Tim Hardaway Jr. has this high reputation for his offense. And like they can't play the other side of the ball. So it's kind of just the yin and yang, I guess, if you were to compare the two. Well, that's kind of what I'm hoping out of the Hardaway Courtney Lee situation. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. You know, it's hard to, you know, it's not like you can ever take two players who are exclusively good at one part of the game, put them on the court together and act like you're not losing anything there. You know, there's going to, you'd you know, you get so much more when you get one guy who can play both, you know, both spots. He can be a good two way player, but I mean, there's at least some hope here. If you can make it work out between the two of the guys. Is that the reason why they want Courtney Lee to stay is so that he can make up for Tim Hardaway Jr.'s lack of defense? I I mean, it's the, which is fine but doesn't it seem funny if we're supposed to be tanking with ron baker at point guard that like they want to do a good basketball thing when they should just be moving lee for more assets like i don't get well all right it's like they're trying to do a smart thing while not doing a smarter thing when you're not even going to win well that's good Let's, let's talk about steve mills now let's move into uh let's move into this part of the podcast because you got Steve Mills. He wants to keep Courtney Lee. You know, obviously he wants to move Mello. That's not a decision so much of his own. That's kind of a test that was on his board from day one. Uh, but you know, he want he just signed Tim Hardaway uh, to be you know, presumably that, that chicken looks really good, Kyle. Uh, but he just signed Tim Hardaway to be presumably a, a, a threat on this team. And then he wants to keep Courtney Lee around so he can fill in the glue areas like he like he's done you know last year throughout his career and everything like that. So what do we? So he's obviously got some kind of idea of how he wants his team to be constructed here. Do we have any idea what that vision is so far? Absolutely not. Nope. Because to kind of evaluate what Steve Mills is doing, you have to assume that one he knows what he's doing, and I don't think he knows what he's doing, and two that he has a planning process, and I don't think he has one of those either. Because I think there is an element of the Tim Hardaway Jr. signing, um, just uh, Steve Mills trying to audition for the job, like to try and keep it. Because I think that Dolan actually 
genuinely liked Tim Hardaway Jr. first go around and Steve Mills signing him could have been like, hey, like I can do this job too. You don't need David Griffin or whatever. So I don't really think he has a plan. I think he was trying to keep his job and now that he is um, almost 100% keeping it, now it's kind of like, okay, now what do I do? I don't know if he has a plan in process there. Sorry, Mike was muted. Um, yeah, I mean, so let's let's take a look at what what if Steve Mills is the number one now? Do we, do we think that Steve Mills is going to be the number one in New York for? I mean, obviously number two to James Dolan, but number one as far as you know basketball operations are concerned, is he, is he the guy now? There's no one else we can really look at. I guess I so, so, right? Do you, I mean. Yep. Is there any like? Is there going to be a dark horse like Rob Polinka to come out of somewhere and you know at least be able to step into that number two slot? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Because that's really it. Like right now, the only options it seems to me like is Isaiah Thomas or Allen Houston. Yeah. And I don't particularly, I don't particularly want either one of them. Uh, you know, and I definitely don't want Isaiah. You know, Houston has kind of got. You know, he hasn't really shown all he can be yet, but. You know, nothing outstanding from what I've, from what I understood, and with so much time in the front office, you think you can make some more splashes. But has Houston made any like? Does he have his fingerprint on anything? Like they say, oh, they're grooming Allen Houston to be the next GM of the the New York he, Knicks. He's Westchester and, now, right? Like that's it. That's his role. Is or he was West, Westchester GM or the the yeah, but the I think the thing is. I don't know that they're grooming him anymore or I don't know that I believe that they're grooming him anymore because I've heard, I, I mean, I've saw some things on Twitter and again, you take those things with a grain of salt, but you read those things and it's like you hear rumblings that he's like a Dolan guy. So then I start to worry is, is his position basketball based or is it loyalty based? Because if he's, if he's just a Dolan guy and he's just going to, well, look, we're talking about this earlier, too, with the, with the dynamic back there. It's a weird dynamic in that back office. So, you know, nobody really knows what happens back there other than, like, it's not functional. So if he's one of those constant guys, then, like, he's probably a Dolan guy, I think, right? I, would I think that's so. where we start to go with this. I would think so, too. But, I mean, you would think that with Dolan having the year that he just had and having to sift through the management, you know, the regime that he just had to pay and get rid of, you know, you would think that he would at least be if he's going to keep Allen Houston and presumably he did that, which is why David Griffin didn't get the job because Griffin wanted full basketball. You know, he wanted to bring in his whole staff. He wanted to have full control over everything. But that that would have come at the cost of someone like Allen Houston. That probably would have come at the cost of Clarence Gaines and eventually probably even Jeff Hornacek down the line, too. Um, I would think that if if. They told him he, he can't have control over this franchise then because he wanted to save Allen Houston. Like Houston's got to have some kind of future with the team. He's got to have some kind of role bigger than what he's got right now. Do we, would you guys have been okay with David Griffin taking the, uh, taking the position if it meant getting rid of like Gaines and getting rid of uh, Houston and getting rid of Hornacek? Absolutely. I mean, we've we've all experienced the ineptitude of the New York Knicks front office for the past 20 plus years. So anything that remotely like different in that sense would have been a breath of fresh air to everyone, like just cleaning house. 
would have been enough for everyone to be like, all right, the Knicks are finally going in a direction that would be respectable in, you know, in the league. So to see that, oh, we're going to we're going to keep all the Dolan guys in because we don't want, you know, them to go away. It's just like, okay, so we're back to square one, essentially. Yeah, that's kind of what it showed when he pulled his the report was he pulled his name out of the hat like it was his call like they were like you can come but guys got to change so yeah i think it kind of says a lot about again the the structure of the front office it, it's it seems to just be loyalty based it's like a little click back there of y- yes men and then you say yes you got to keep your job keep your position or get a better one in the future and but to answer um Anthony about whether that would be you know whether we would have been good with cleaning house the only guy I would have been like hurting to see go front office speak like wise would have been Clarence Gaines I think Clarence Gaines has done a good job you know a lot of people are relating you know guys that we've drafted back to him you know so if he has been that guy and he has the good eye for talent then yeah I would have been, that's the, like the one thing that the Knicks have done well the last couple of years is draft so I would have been a little bit about not bothered but just you know i would have liked to keep clarence gains around if possible but when you clean house you got to clean house you can't just keep one or two parts too yeah uh, do you guys are you confident with steve mills running uh free agency for the rest of the summer no just, i mean no. even just for his summer no what about, what about him handling, not for a day so not even not even handling the carmelo anthony deal you don't think he's even capable of he's been doing this for like four days and ron baker now has 10 million dollars in his pocket and a player option that's true. The Knicks are going to have Ryan Anderson on their roster next year. Like, I'm already bracing for it. That's going to be the return in Carmelo trade. That's going to be weird seeing Anderson jerseys, like, hanging uh, in the, like, garden shops when I go to, like, my one game this year. Oh, I was going to say, everybody's been asking about who you want the most out of this Rockets trade that's supposed to be inevitable. Who do you want the least? Like, Ryan I know Anderson, Anderson because of the contract, but, like, is there anybody else, like, you're just thinking about, you're like, God, I do not want that fucking guy in this team. Like, no, the Rockets don't have any of those guys because they're a good basketball team. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably just gonna be whatever crap like that third team can like throw in there. I don't oh, know. you want Evan? You want Evan Turner's contract? Perfect. Here's Evan Turner. Yo, and Myers Leonard and Alan Crab. I don't that's want my, I don't that's want Myers' fifth pick in the draft that's gonna come our way. That's supposed to make me feel good about the whole thing. I don't really mind taking back salary. It just give me picks. And like it's not gonna happen. We're gonna, we're you know what's gonna end up happening is we're gonna get yeah we're gonna get like that one second round pick pick fifty five, and then we're gonna get like Ryan Anderson's contract for four years and it's like suck it Knicks fans and then you know It'd be so much worse off than if we would should have if we would have yeah. just kept Melo you know yeah yeah I feel like that that's the inevitable we're like yeah like we all talked ourselves into it we're like you know what it's time bye Melo thanks for everything we got to do this rebuild we got to do it the right way and then they're like well here's fucking ryan anderson for four years and enjoy that second round pick okay, okay. see you later will the mellow trade be better or worse than the Paul george trade Ooh. that was a bad trade that was such a bad <laughs> trade. What, about, what about the bulls trade like where will the mellow trade stack up with this offseason I, trade i would have rather taken the bulls trade yeah the bulls trade was like slightly trade. better yeah, like the Bulls trade. I yeah, was but Im- imagine, imagine that we would have had to send the first out with it. Like we would have had to do a pick swap or something. I'm tell like you. You were just talking about the, the most Knicks thing to happen. Watch the Knicks get like some second round pick swap, and the player that they take is like 
Melton's better than the player that the Knicks take. Yeah, it's going to be like one of those. But, um, yeah, those are two not good trades. Uh, They got to do better than the Paul George trade. That was more of a fuck you to Boston, wasn't it? And to Cleveland. Yeah. Bro, like, what a... Just, like, one... Let's spend 30 seconds on this. and Like, wow. Like, Oladipo and Sabonis? (laughs) Like after all that, all that talk about these multiple picks it was gonna take, and it took Jalen Brown, and like and bonus, like, <laughs> and then fifteen hours later they hired a new GM. Hey, welcome to the job. You just lost Paul George. <laughs> yeah, here's yeah. Uh, waiting on that though. They didn't want to shackle the next guy with the responsibility of dealing with Paul George. Oh, I would have a hundred percent given the new guy that responsibility. <laughs> you're, you're savage. All right, well, oh. all right. So we're on mellow now. What do we? What do we think is really holding this thing up? I heard some talk earlier today that it might be it might have to do with Melo not wanting to waive his like fifteen percent trade kicker, uh, like Chris Paul did, and that's kind of holding things up. Um, I don't know. Is it just is it purely salary or? It's got to be the third team, right? We're assuming yeah. the Knicks still don't want Ryan Anderson. And I think it's got to be the yeah. Team. I think it's got to be the third team, or for once, the Knicks are just like. No, like we don't like the things that you have. We're not just going to take everything. So I, I think it's got, I, I can't imagine after all this speculation, after all this like prepping to move somewhere, that he's just like, nah, I want my 15% trade kicker. Like, you know, like it just seems like a, it's like a, like you're going to make more money. Like you're fine without it. Like you're going to be good to go. Houston where he's not going to get taxed on it anyway. So yeah, I, I just think it can't, it can't be. Like it could be, but probably not. Yeah. It's it's just it's just Houston and Cleveland now at this point, right? Is there anything does is there look like I mean Cleveland doesn't have a GM either. Does there look like there's any way that could get done? It feels like no. Yeah, it really it it feels like it's just Houston at this point. Houston, but doesn't that make out. them more dangerous now? Because now they don't have a GM. Now it's just Dan Gilbert calling the shots back there. He's a mad scientist. Who knows what he's going to do? Even, well, they, even that, but even then, they don't have anything, and they don't they don't have anything to offer the Knicks yeah. aside from so, Kevin Love, which I don't well, think. This is basically. We just took we just took back we just took back Tim Hardaway Jr. So yeah, really. You're you're saying no to a Channing Frye homecoming? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I heard Amon Shumpert might be available if you're interested. God, Would you God. like one oh. J.R. Smith? Dude, can we Let's get, get J.R. Smith, Shumpert, and Hardaway back, back so we can two. do that weird like three-person two-guard rotation that we did like three years ago? No. Just uh, when they Shumpert. when they put Shumpert at the one? Yeah, I was about to say, oh, remember yeah. when Amon Shumpert was a point guard? That point was a fun, happy year. Yeah. He still could be. He's a, vet, he's a vet mentor that the Knicks have been needing. He was the next... He was the next best shooting guard in the East. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go on record. Tim Hardaway Jr. is gonna be the next best shooting guard in the East. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get on that bandwagon early. There it is. There it is. Get behind it now. Get behind it now. Let me own it. Crazy Angus. Tweet, um, tweet it out. I, I did. Oh no. As soon as it became official, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna own this one. Uh, this is the one. I need to, I need to stand behind a bad take every once and so often. Yeah, but if you hit it, you look like a, you look brilliant. Trey, has uh, gotten traded yet? No, I'm actually, we tweeted out earlier some uh, trade machine ideas for Mello. I was scrolling through those. Oh, yeah? Is there any good ones on there? Um, obviously, I don't think Mello's going to get traded for that much. I think the most realistic one here is the Knicks get, like, Alan Crabb and Mo Harkless, mm. which is such a sad return for Carl. Yeah. The Rockets That's, get... <laughs> Taking Alan Crabb and Tim Hardaway on this roster, that would be but, 
the most ridiculous shit. But I replied to that kid before, like the guy who tweeted us that, and I was like, before the Tim Hardaway Jr. trade, if you would have proposed this, I would have been like, whoa, okay, whoa, we just drafted the point guard. Can we give him a shout? Shout out Alex Wolf at W Reading Rainbow, reading R E E D I N G Rainbow. Good. All right. There we go. Reading Gamebow. And then Portland would get Anderson and Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza's thrown into a lot of these deals, and I don't think he gets moved. I think it's just because they're trying to make them. Yeah. I think that might be the the money. That might be the holdup because isn't he like one of CP3's best friends? Friend of Trevor Reza. That so he, CP3 is. just got back to playing with him, and then the money works with Trevor Ariza for like all of the deals. So yeah. I bet you they're trying to find like the one loophole way to not include Trevor Ariza in a deal. It's really difficult. The Rockets are, are slim pickings to match Melo's salary, unless you know Chris Paul gets traded or James Harden, which no. Damn, Ryan said before it was rumored that James Harden would be available for this trade. So it's not my words. It was Ryan's words. Uh, yes, it's on record that it's going to be happening. Uh, James Harden got traded for dimes um, last time. So maybe maybe it happens again. Maybe lightning strikes twice. I just I'll never it, forget that. I just find it so ridiculous that it's like fairly likely that the Knicks could get back one of Trevor Ariza or Channing Frye. Like one of the two could be coming back this way. Like God, Like we're just... It's so upsetting because we're just repeating an error at this point now. Fucking Kings are going to trade Zebo this way and we're just going to have a grand old reunion of two, of the uh, 2000, you know, 2005, I guess, onward season. I guess a recent year, 2004. We can pull Marbury back, too. He might be the vet leader that we need. Stephon Marbury if, laps at this organization. I know. Just that think about how far we've come. Think about how far we've come. <laughs> Stephon Marbury wouldn't step foot back in here. Going a little off topic, but how would the Knicks be if they reunited all of the active NBA players that were that used to be Knicks on the team right now? They're the only guys. They have a, play for would us. they have a worse record? Would they have a worse record? I don't know. Because you would could they, they, right? gut the team could right they right beat, now. Could they beat a big three team? Could they be all right? Relax. Do we get <laughs> that, to keep? Do we get to keep KP or has to be top to bottom? No, no, right? no. Like any, no. If it's like, just have everyone that used to play on the Knicks. So, are you keeping make... the current roster or no? Act, still hmm. active, still active in the NBA though, right? Yeah, still active in the NBA. So, so you we... can't bring back, you can't bring back Marver. You can't bring okay. back like. I can keep KP. I can keep Melo. Oh, then you. Who do you even like willingly take back? I take back Nene. Oh, Nene. Does he count? Uh, he, he, count. he didn't pick. He, man. he didn't play for us. Because if you, if we're doing that, if the the pick thing, like, don't we get like, like Lamarcus Aldridge? And, yeah, like, that's <laughs> yeah, all, right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I would take back Channing Fry. I think that's a given. I would take back Channing Fry. Um, I would take back World Champion J.R. Smith. Uh, I would respect that. I would, yeah, would, would not JR take back just for the record. Uh, I don't like Shumpert. No, I would. Hope not he hears Shumpert back. What about veteran point guard Dementor uh, Nilakina in Jose Calderon? Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. Nope. It's a it's a hard pass. You want hard, Jason yeah, Smith? Hard it's a hard pass. Oh, oh what about Carl Aldridge? Does Jason I take probably, would, NBA? What about what about Jorts? This is a not Jorts fun is game. Jorts is not active in the NBA. Jorts is not active in the NBA. Well, not yet. You got to give him his contract again. No, Jorts is not active. He just got out. He just got out. He's an active agency. What do you? Yeah, we do it. Like, do we get Nate Rob back? Do we get Nate Robinson no, back? Nate if Robinson that's the thing we're doing? They got to be under contract right now. Okay. Um, 
They had to have been under contract last season, at least. I'm taking Zach Randolph back. Yep. Easy. I like it. I could take Zebo. Um, you get, I might you get half like a, the Cavs I would, bench. I think I would like Ariza back. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He would start. Yeah, I think he might. <laughs> He'd average 20. Um, God, who else is still who else is still hanging around? You take Felton back? Jamal Crawford? Hey, uh, you Jamal. watch your mouth over there, Anthony, okay? Just watch it. Yeah, you watch <laughs> your mic. Let's not take Felton back. Tried to. Yeah, I know. I can't oh, do all right. Chandler, give me them. Give me what? Danilo Gallinari. Oh, give me Wilson Chandler. Yeah, Gallo and Chandler oh, yeah. come back in a yeah. heartbeat. I, I love those guys. I love those guys. Oh, man. Give me both of them. We, just give me a bunch of forwards, actually. That's where that's where I've trended, it seems. Yeah. It, bro, position those guards. Guards. Yeah, the Knicks have never had good guards. <laughs> Think about this. Was was Raymond Felton that first season with Amari? Relax. Relax. I know where this is going. Chauncey. Bill- <laughs> <laughs> exactly where you're going, buddy. Cool it. <laughs> yes, he was decent, Kyle. He was decent. Uh, he was 18 and 9, my friend. That's nine. a little bit more than decent. Yeah, and, and then he fell. Why, why don't you uh, go YouTube a little uh, Amari Felton pick and rolls real quick? Yeah, but we're not getting D'Antoni back, all right? Dude. Because that, that's what it was. Dude, that was the D'Antoni The 2010 magic. Knicks were so good. It took them for so for granted. Then we gutted everything for Carmelo. God damn it. And now we can't even good. get anyone to take our Carmelo. Like We gave a full team for Carmelo Anthony. An actual full team. An actual full team for Melo six years ago, and now we can't. You can't get anybody to even take him. Ryan Anderson, baby. Ryan Anderson. That's Let's what take we're the all worst player. Danilo Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, Ray Felton, David uh, Lee, Mozzie, and like whatever picks we gave up are going to turn into Ryan Anderson. That's just seems fair. That is just something. All right. Um. Oh, this is what I was kind of curious with. Um, if and when Melo does get out of here, what's that going to do to the rotation? Tim Hardaway Jr. at the small forward. You guys, I think we're gonna do you guys think it's going to be more two, two, two guard kind of sets like that? You're going to play a little bit smaller. Does KP move to the five or like full time or is he? Because uh, no, Willie's, I think, is, is panning out. I don't think okay. he's they're going to move KP for a while. They might like stagger, but. I don't know. I, I think like this team's not going to be good, obviously, but I think there's actually going to be some fun, funnish lineups without Melo. Like, yeah, you can mix it up a little bit. You can throw Tim Hardaway Jr. at the two, the three. Move Courtney Lee around. Like, move KP around. Like, you could actually like. I'm excited to give Kuz more time. Come in. I mean, I'm excited to see if Tim Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis could coexist. Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, that's like, the big question, really. Because we know we've always talked about, you know, Melo and KP not really existing well on the court together. But I don't know. I, will Tim Hardaway Jr. be that, like, magic match? I don't know. He can't be worse than Derrick Rose. Well, sharing kind of, the ball with KP. It's kind of been Melo and everybody, though. It's not just Melo and KP. It was Melo and Stoudemire. It was Melo, you know, actually, he and Chandler, I felt, worked pretty well together. But, like, you know, it, it's Melo is just not a great player to build systems around. You know, he's a good basketball player who likes to take things into his own hand. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when we don't have to worry about Melo kind of clogging up in there to see how who who KP will really play best with and if he can exist with a, you know, a gunner like Hardaway. 
I mean, Hardaway gunned a lot, but, you know, with, with the Hawks when he got in. But at the same time, he was doing a lot of smart-ish basketball things, too. Like, um, I mean, he when I watched him anyway, it, it appeared as though, like, he was cutting a lot. Like, there was more off-ball stuff he was doing than when he was with us the first time, which was just sort of aimlessly floating out on the three-point line. So, you know, Willie likes to pass. Willie's a pretty good passing big man. KP's not a slouch either. So... If we get some of that same kind of action, then then yeah, like I, I think there's gonna be more of like a not a system, but like there's gonna be like a free flowing kind of thing going on now without Melo, you know. Okay. I hope so. Um, I mean I mean what do we have to lose at this but he signed, you know? Well that's kinda that's it too. So let let's put the money aside right now. Tim Hardaway Jr. is back in our lineup. He's looking like he's going to be a, certainly a featured player. Are you guys excited to watch that at least? Or we do we see do we see some potential for decent basketball being played here with him joining this team? So if we're putting money aside, yes. I mean, I I would be excited. Look, I mean, last season he progressed a lot after the All Star break, especially. Um, I don't have his numbers, but I know he did a really decent job like finishing strong down the stretch so if we get that tim hardaway back i think it would be some exciting basketball in the mecca um but we don't know we don't know what system hornacek's gonna run we don't know how he's gonna play off of ron baker or nilakina or porzingis so i mean it took you know tim hardaway jr the first half of the season to get used to his um, Atlanta teammates, and that was with Schroeder, and that was with Bazemore, and that was with Millsap. So how is he going to be when he's, like, I guess, the number two guy on the team now, rather than, you know, the sixth man off the bench or, you know, the guy who had to cover for Bazemore when he was injured? So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to fall in the Knicks' favor in order for us to see the Tim Hardaway Jr. that we saw at the end of the last season, is what well, I want to say. Well, yeah, and to your point, too, is – he ended up complimenting those guys a lot, you know? And when Anthony first said, like, a featured player, I cringed because I was, like, thinking, oh, my God, number one option, Tim Hardaway Jr. But, yeah, like, as a second option, like, he, on this trajectory of progression that he's on right now, like, he could become a very nice number two option. Like, he he's still very young. Like, he still could at this current rate. So, you know... I'm very interested to see how he plays off of KP. KP hasn't been the number one option yet at all, even for like a single minute of a single game. So it'll be fun. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We might get some fun basketball. I don't know. That's what's kind of exciting to me right now at the least. It's like it's it's still, you know, the the roster is pretty, is pretty tied up at this point here. We've got just about all, you know, I think the Knicks only have 1.3. Yeah, one point one point four million, we'll say, round up, uh, according to our own Jeffrey Ballone salary cap tracker. And that's uh, with Carmelo right now. That's yeah, that's that's updated as of today with uh with Ron Baker's ridiculous contract going into the books. Um I'm actually even though the roster is kind of tied up and you know, we know who we're gonna have at this point, I'm I'm excited for a clean slate of basketball, at least. You know, I'm excited for Hornacek to be able to run what he's got to run. I'm excited for the guys on the roster to just be able to, uh, you know, to just go for it. I forget, I forget whose like pod I was listening to at one point. He's like 
it's either TBA or dunked on or something like that. One of the couple that I listened to, but you know, they were talking about the Knicks last year and they were talking about Courtney Lee, like trying to take some jumpers and being stuck in, uh, you know, like trying to do it in a triangle set, just kind of warming up and trying to run some plays in pregame. And just like the look of, they had said that the look of just like despair on his face and the look of like, just like, man, this sucks. Kind of like, you know, going on with them. It's just, I'm excited for the players to kind of feel like they can play basketball again and not just kind of be stuck in this like aging mentality that the Zen master wanted them to run. It's going to be, I'm, I'm excited for a clean slate of basketball. However, that ends up panning out, you know, at least Porzingis knows he's going to be able to run the show and Hornsack can get a little bit more creative. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just ruby on Courtney Lee. I just want him to go somewhere. I like Courtney Lee a lot as a guy, as a, as a player, but like, he's going to be 33, bro. Like, I would not even saying it just depends on what we get back in the mellow. Not, tree, yeah, right? I, really I know, big, but it's the big question. I just, I just mean like removing myself as a fan. Like he deserves to go. Like same way I feel about mellow. Like yeah, I like mellow. It'd be nice if he stayed and fit and whatever. But you know, go go someplace and win. I would enjoy you going someplace and doing well. Like you don't need to stay around here and win twenty eight games with us next year. You know, just I don't know. Go back to Memphis or something. Like do some good. Get out of here. All right. Um, so let's just touch on free agency real quick. Things have kind of changed since this morning, really this afternoon when I started getting uh, getting a rundown together. But they got, what did I say, 1.4 just about left in space. That's really barely enough to get you anybody at this point. I mean, that's probably just going to go to Dotson at this point, right? Yeah, that's... probably. Probably until Melo gets cleared ways. up, right? Yeah, would, yeah so basically... That's it. Yeah, the last like block right now is getting Melo's contract off, you know, off the board, and maybe even Courtney Lee. But until those two things happen, or one of those two things happen, Knicks are really not going to do anything until then. So Melo is kind of the last, the last thing in free agency has got to do, though. Like he's like everything else except for maybe like Caldwell Pope, but like everything else in free agency has kind of settled at this at this point. Melo is really the last the last domino that's left out there. Which seems to me, even though that teams don't have quite as much availability or ways to get him anymore, kind of seems to me like his his demand is going to be at least at a point where, you know, he's the best option available. So we might still be able to get something out of him. You know, they're not going to get much because it's a lot to take on. You know, you get a lot with Melo than just the player himself. But, you know, he is seemingly the last big piece to fall, um, you know, alongside KCP. So... That's what kind of leaves me a little bit hopeful, at least that there there might be a decent package that comes together along the way. But I, yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. It's hard, it's hard to predict where they're going to look after that all goes down. So I kind of just been taking a look at the roster as it is, and you know, what's really going to change our outlook what, with what we get back from Melo. It's not like we're going to get any super high impact guys. It'll just kind of change how the rotation looks. That yeah, I mean, though. Yeah, I mean, I really just think they're looking for auxiliary guys at this. But like, there's nothing that's moving the needle now or in three years. You know what I mean? Like Tim Hardaway Jr. was their one stab in the dark to try to get some somebody to like play alongside KP and Willie going forward the next couple of years. So anybody else, like at all, even the guys that they get back on the trade, like nobody's making an impact now. 
really probably not going to make much of an impact the next couple of years. Just kind of like salary to make the money work. Hopefully get a couple of picks, a couple of young guys who outperform like really cheap deals. Like that's about all you can hope for to become like, okay, rotate, uh, rotation guys. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's, I guess that's about it for free agency. Then I guess that pretty much until we figure out what, what goes on with mellow. That's a wrap for us. We signed Tim Hardaway jr. And Ron Baker. Nice. Nice. What Ron, an offseason. What an Ron, offseason. Ron Baker, man. Ron, Ron Baker. Baker. Ron no fucking Baker. No place like San Diego. Uh, it, it's significantly less funny now. Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway. All right. So I guess we're done here? <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. All right. Uh, Mr. Editor-in-Chief, we got anything Anything going on this week? Um, not much. Just gonna hope that Pitbull ends up buying Miami Marlins. Mm. Um, Jeb Bush, though, don't forget. Jeb, Jeb, please, please, Jeb, please clap, please clap, Jeb. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, nothing else for me. But uh, just keep an eye out for next stuff. Who knows? We might be uh, we might be the first ones to to report some mellow stuff if it ever comes ooh, in. But ooh, you, you find some desk and you knock on it or something. Whatever piece of woods nearby, just kind of give that a tap. We have uh, Trey Zingas here, and uh, it's pretty uh, plugged in. If you know what I mean, that's true. Watch who we were. We're shams who. <laughs> we were expecting. Wow. I, I thought I was going to get some uh, some kind of reaction out of the Trey in this spot. He told us all that he was going to start screaming if Melo got traded, and you were nothing. Mister Connection nothing. here was pretty sure that he was going to go in the middle of this pod. You know, it might be as soon as we all hang up. Yeah, you want to just linger awkwardly for like five minutes? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you what, I will be. I will be uh, producing this whole podcast afterwards. I will be editing and arranging it all. So. If something goes on, uh, just calls can, back immediately. Yeah, we'll start a call up, and Trey can just yell, and we'll just throw that right into the pipe. Just throw some sirens in the background, yeah. and uh, we'll just give our takes raw, unthought of, just straight from the heart. Wonderful. I'm kind of scared. I would be too. Well, on that note, thanks everyone <laughs> for tuning in to uh, another episode of the TKW podcast. Uh, congratulatory episode because just uh, one more time quick shout out to Kyle on his uh, on him becoming the uh, the wife that everyone always knew he could be um, <laughs> yeah I guess that's about it so follow us all on Twitter follow us uh, or you know just go to our site and read our articles there's some good stuff there um, oh and announcing for the first time Ever, this pod is now live on iTunes. So Woo! please, uh, you know, finally, it's, I know it's long please overdue. Clap. No, it's long overdue, but, uh, you know, hit that subscribe button, uh, leave us some comments or something. We, we'd be very happy to hear from you and, uh, you know, answer some questions on air. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you guys for being here, and we'll talk to you all soon. Say bye. Everybody say goodbye. Bye, guys. Please say bye.